in the latest edition of ESPN's Formula One podcast, we assembled an emergency pod to tackle the breaking news that Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel will part ways after this season. Along with Lawrence Edmondson, we were joined by the man who broke the story overnight, Autobill's Lenny Vermka, as well as the Sun's Formula One reporter, Ben Hunt. Well, it's a fresh edition of ESPN's Formula One podcast, uh, an emergency kind of podcast edition of sorts because we keep saying how we wish we had stuff to talk about and boy did we ever get stuff to talk about today. Something pretty big, so much so that we had to call on Lenny Vermka to join us on this one along with one of my MVPs here, Lawrence Edmondson. So the big news today, guys, that Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari have agreed to go their separate ways at the end of this year. Lenny, let's just start off with you because, of course, I know you track um, Seb Vettel very closely throughout his career. How did this even this agreement even come to place? Just some more of the details that you would have been tracking overnight. Yeah, it was it was kind of a shock to all of us. I think the first rumors we heard were one Friday before this weekend. Um, really, to be honest, on even on Friday we believed that it's gonna sort out somehow, so we kind of dismissed any rumors. But then all over the weekend and then yeah, resulting in the news on, on Monday night, things really started to get faster and faster. And uh, it just seemed as if every side couldn't wait out to, to finally break the news that it's over because I think both sides, when they were sure that they couldn't reach an agreement, it was more of a feeling, okay, let's get it done. Let's just come out with the truth so we can both move on because in Formula One, we all know you can't hide things for quite a long time. It's going to come out anyways. And then, Keep the, keep the, be the master of the news, put it out and then just be happy with whatever the result is and not just wait until someone finds out and digs after it. Then it wasn't that long ago that, um, Seb was talking about how he sees himself re-signing even before racing begins again. So what happened in that period of time? Absolutely. That's, that's the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Lawrence. We, we, that's the stuff we need to find out. I mean, even if we remember in February when we were in testing and we had the quote from Matthias saying we're going to, start negotiating with a glass of wine and a nice dinner. And it all seemed as logic that they were going to end up with a new contract. And in a, in a certain way, it must have been a, a lack of trust and respect from, from both sides that, that made this end in this way that it did. But I can't really say who was the first one getting some doubts because, as you were saying, there was the quotes from Sebastian were pretty strong about renewing the contract. So were there from, from Mattia earlier. And uh, it just seemed logic they're going to come up with a new contract. What's, what, what made them getting doubts on a fresh future it's hard to, to find it out at the moment because Sebastian just put out the words in his press release. He decided not to say anything else. We were trying to get something from him today, but yeah, he decided that he's not going to say anything more. Uh, Ferrari also claiming that they put out their position in the press release. Yeah, we need to dig into that a little deeper in the next weeks, but um, hopefully Sebastian is going to have an interest to, to finally get his point of view completely out because as we feel like in the press release, the quotes are interesting, but they don't tell the full story. That's what I feel. What stood out from you just from, you know, Sebastian's press release and from just some of the murmurs that you've just been hearing? Yeah, I think the, if, if, we, if we look at the, uh, in particular, that's the quote, uh, to get the best possible results in the sport, it's vital for all parties to work in perfect harmony. I mean, so what disturbed the harmony then? What was, mm-hmm. what was, what was changing? And that was, I think, the most remarkable quote that is in a press release. And also, if you remember, always the press releases mostly are very very PR that's not much newsworthy but here Sebastian is also claiming that there were no financial matters involved in this decision so Sebastian who never speaks out publicly about about numbers and about negotiations is saying in an official press release money was not the case so that also shows a bit of a hint from him saying that don't come up with the stories I asked for too much money don't come up with the I need to reduce my salary and everything else it's just a matter of he's saying 
financial financial stuff wasn't the case. So what was the case then? That's what here he's hinting here. Now you've been following Seb for a while, and you know you know the stage of career he's at, the struggles he's been through recently. Do you think he's at a stage where he's actually going to retire completely, or do you reckon he's still got the fight in him to carry on in Formula One? You know, my my colleague Jens Nagler met him in February at the Ferrari lunch for uh, for a longer interview, and you had the first chance to speak with him at the beginning of the year when he haven't when we haven't seen him all over the winter, and his impression was that. He was looking as, as sharp as ever, and he, he was really claiming that I'm keen on driving again. I'm not going to go in retirement at the end of the season. He was he was really keen on getting in the car, and um, I can feel like he wants to keep going in a certain way, but it's got to be very, very difficult to find a, a cockpit that suits to him because I can't imagine Sebastian Vettel driving a Williams at the end of the grid. That wouldn't suit to, to what he always did in his career. So I think he's keen on, on keep going in, in Formula One, but... As for now, I don't see a realistic option where this could be because he's not going to chase a title in, in the teams that are available next year. So that makes him kind of difficult to find the right spot for him. And before we start to completely dive into what could possibly be next for him, Lenny, as Lawrence said, you've covered him for you know a, a number of years, of course, and we know how big he is, especially there in Germany. A, a lot of the words that people have been using to describe his time at Ferrari are like unfulfilled, unsettled, frustrated. Just how would you describe his time at Ferrari that could probably give us a hint as to why we're getting this news today? I think in the end you have to agree because because when he signed there, he was the one claiming that he's going he's gonna to win a title like Michael did, his big idol with Ferrari. And that what didn't happen. But you also have to see how, how much was the gap in 2014 between Mercedes and Ferrari and how, how close was the gap in 2019 or 2018, if we imagine it. So he brought them closer to, to the top again. That's, that's for sure. But in the end, if you say my ultimate dream is to win the title, as for now, we can say he didn't reach that. So that's kind of a big, big uh, thing that's going to stay maybe because for this year, it's, not, it's always going to be very difficult to, to win the title this year. So from what I can see, yeah, he didn't achieve his biggest dream. So that's something that's going to that's gonna last in the end. And we know that this, of course, got, um, I suppose there's a question for both you gentlemen before we let Lenny go. Um, this social media has been trying to predict what could possibly go on at Ferrari now. Who could be up there with Charles Leclerc? Lenny, what are you hearing? If you could give us even a hint into what could possibly happen. Uh, my guess would be Carlos Sainz. Yeah. My guess would be Carlos Sainz signing with Ferrari and Daniel Ricciardo moving away from Renault to McLaren instead of Carlos. I would put my money on that. Yeah, right. I think that's that, that's a strong... Uh, Strong link there. I think that makes a lot of sense. But hey, this is Formula One, so you never know. Sometimes we get <laughs> stuff that makes no sense at all. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that at this stage. Sunday signs up at Ferrari. Nate would definitely be laughing at that, but we will definitely hear from him another time. Lenny, thank you so very much for joining us. We know that you're a busy man today, so we're going to let you go. And hopefully we get to catch up with you again soon once we do find out a bit more about this, this breaking news that we've got. Yeah, today. I would be happy to join. Thanks for having me. Well, clearly it's a big day, and you know it's a big day news in Formula One, especially when we've got to bring in someone else. Ben Hunt is joining us right now. Hard act to follow, Lenny, but I know and I believe that you can. No, Nate Saunders, you're filling in for him today, but pretty big news, Ben, and I suppose I'll just have to ask your your reaction straight off the bat. Did you even see this coming? Uh, two big ta- characters, I should say, to fill first, uh, Lenny and Nate, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, did I see it coming? No way. Um, I actually got a, a text message from Lenny last night when I was asleep and, uh, I woke up, looked at the phone. He said, um, Sebastian's leaving Ferrari. I don't know if it's too late. And, um, of course, us being in this, um, weird coronavirus lockdown, 
papers tend to go a little bit earlier. So um, I didn't make it in time for the first or second edition of the paper, but we got it online uh, last night working around midnight. And it was a strange one. I was thinking to myself, like, it's it's weird. It's not unexpected, um, but I didn't see it coming. I think a few months ago, had you asked me, I think it was far more likely that he would wind his contract down and, and go somewhere else or retire. I think we get on to that later, but um, it was the conference chat that we had, the Zoom conference call we had with um, Sebastian what, two or three weeks ago where he hinted that he was staying. He said that he was having his contract talks. Everything was moving along. He said something along the lines of, I've always done a three-year deal before, so I don't see it to be anything different. So I had kind of taken that as a, you know, he's looking to do a three-year contract and talks of progressing nicely. I didn't see um, this relationship deteriorating. Um but of course, we're in a funny situation, as I mentioned before, and I think that we also need to cast our minds back to last, uh, the end of last year and the sort of relationship that Sebastian had with Ferrari and uh, Charles Leclerc. And I think we always need to remember the fact that they were both hauled in and, and asked to explain their actions as well when they, when they clashed on mm-hmm. track. So... Um, yeah, not massively unexpected, perhaps now. Um, still a shock, but um, yeah, it's it not not uh, not totally out of the blue. And I mean, I think we've definitely learned. You'd know this better than anyone, too, because we've tried to discuss um, Seb's future on our podcast, you know, and even just in hits a number of times. So, as someone who does track Ferrari quite closely, did you even see this coming, or did you even have an inkling as? Now what Ben says, maybe there were little red flags here and there, but it still has come as a bit of a shock, hasn't it? No, I'd agree with Ben. I mean, I remember at the start of the year, we did a pre-season podcast where we talked <laughs> about how, how on earth can Leclerc and Vettel live together in the same team for another year, let alone beyond that when Vettel's contract expires. So by then, we, we fully expected uh, things to break down. But Ferrari, I don't know uh, how much of it was intentional, how much of it was the truth, or whether they were just trying to kind of calm the waters ahead of the start of the year. But, you know, they, they were saying that uh, everything was on track. Mattia Bonotto at the launch of the car said, Seb is our number one choice to uh, to go alongside Charles Leclerc. So you have to ask what changed in that period and specifically what changed uh, in that period between Seb talking recently on our Zoom conference call and, uh, and now. And, and Lenny talked about that a bit. And the only thing I can think is that um, it was the length of the contract because um, there were some rumours that maybe... Seb wasn't being offered as much money, but you can kind of see Seb maybe taking a step down there. Uh, it's it's clear, I think, to anyone that kind of has seen him operate that money isn't his main concern. His main concern is to be in a car that can win the championship somewhere where he's got uh, the passion to be. Uh, but if he was being offered a one-year deal and Charles Leclerc is there until the end of 2024, it's clear who the number one driver is. And you've got to remember at the start of last year, Seb was pretty much de facto number one team strategy would all go his way and stuff like that. That was stated by Ferrari. And then it changed over the course of the year as the clerk emerged as this uh, as this very quick, very good driver. So um, I can only imagine that it was a continuation of that. And he just felt that, you know, what's the point in staying for another year with no guarantees beyond that? And uh, and the belief that, um, that the clerk was going to be treated as, as a number one driver. Um, and if that was the case... You know, I've got some respect for that. I, I think, you know, I think that's the right decision by Vettel. He's a four-time world champion. Uh, I don't see him getting another driver at top team, but at least he's not going to see himself kind of, you know, slowly peter out 
over the course of a year and, and find himself in situations where Ferrari's back in the club. So I guess that's, I guess, don't know, that's, that's what uh, made his decision. Ben, thoughts, right decision for you too? Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. Um, I agree with Lawrence on a, a lot of points on that. I don't think um, money was a, a motivator um, for this. Um, in terms of the length of the contract, that does make sense. If we go back to the bit that I was talking about, the three-year deal, that would obviously take him up to the same sort of time as Leclerc. I can imagine that Ferrari wanted um, just a short-term term deal just to see how the land was lying. Um Makes sense for them just to offer a one-year deal, perhaps given his performance at the end of end of this year. So, you know, I think it it, it makes sense. What, what next for for Sebastian? Who knows? I think that um, you know there will be teams looking. I think that um, I think McLaren is a, a potential option for him. He loves um, racing history. I think it would have to be a a team like that that would 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 be willing to. Um, I don't want to say take a gamble because, you know, you can't take a gamble on a four-time world champion. But obviously you you look at his recent performances and you need the old Sebastian and not the, the one that we've currently got. That's that's what they would need. Um, and obviously it would depend on a seat being available at that team. So, yeah, interesting one. Let's, let's see where we go with it. And I suppose just um, as well, interesting to to see some of the comments. I know Lenny kind of alluded to um, Seb's statement on it, and he picked out one or two things that he thought was interesting. From what you've seen and from the, the, the comments as well, Ben, that we've seen, and Lawrence too, from um, Binotto as well, did anything there stand out to you that you probably thought, hmm, all right, well, that's a bit interesting? Um, I, I kind of focused on Sebastian quotes really more than than the Bonotto quotes um I think that, that they were fairly fairly bland I think the the one um interesting fact for me that in terms of um uh, Twitter quotes shall we say um is such people have been saying you know he, he quits when he's under pressure and I think that's that's quite difficult for me to to shake that out of my mind, if you know what I mean, because obviously we saw that at Red Bull when he come under fire from Daniel Ricciardo, he quit the team, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're only quitting just because he's he's better than you now." And of course, it seems to be repeating itself now at Ferrari. You've got the clerk that goes in there debut season, absolutely wipes the floor with him, wins it, and and I think the the, the t- turning point is you know definitely Monza last year, where you've got Vettel spinning and making all these ridiculous mistakes and I think he was 12 or something and of course the other man is, is winning the race and is the, the new darling of the Ferrari team I think that was the, the moment that things definitely started to turn for me um, so yeah it's a it's a you know quite a, quite a sad um, sad fall I guess you could say from from Vettel he, he obviously promised so much when he went to Ferrari and I think that there was a genuine belief that he could have that Schumacher effect uh, very quickly, he galvanised the team and, and they sort of took to him very well. And, and you did see sort of, you know, very quick progress. But since then, it seems to have gone gone in reverse for him. Lawrence, thoughts? Yeah, um, I think that's, that's the case. Uh, the interesting thing about the Red Bull decision was that he had kind of Ferrari lined up there, Ferrari were keen. And at the moment, I don't think Seb's got, got a plan in place. So certainly what he said in the statement that he's got, now time to reflect on on what's important to him and where he goes, and that part of the statement to me sounded an awful lot like, "Well, this could could be the end of uh, end of his career." But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to we we'll have to wait and see on that one a bit. Um, I know Lenny said that he he saw Sainz going to Ferrari and 
Ricardo kind of coming across to McLaren. Um, I, I think there's a lot of logic behind that. And if I was to put money on it, that's probably what I would say would happen. But then I have kind of three opinions on this. I have mm-hmm. what I think slightly happened, which is that. I have what I would love to see happen, which is either Daniel Ricardo or in a fantasy world, Lewis Hamilton go to Ferrari and really mix things up. Um, but I think both of those are unlikely uh, for, for slightly different reasons. Um, and then I have what I would do if I was Ferrari, and that is um, actually go for Bottas, uh, which is an unpopular opinion, I know. But um, you've got uh, Valtteri Bottas, who's clearly a pretty pretty well-versed number two driver, uh, capable of winning races when you need him, grinds out the results, uh, allows the team to continue to build around the clerk. Uh, you lure Bottas in by offering two years on a contract, which he's never been offered from Mercedes, always been one year. And um, then you also disrupt Mercedes in the process. So, yeah, it, it, if I were to um, be in Bonotto's shoes, that would be what I would try and do. Uh, but I think the reality is probably uh, the safe pair of hands and the relatively young uh, driver that is Carlos Sainz uh, coming in there. And then the rest of the driver market starting to fill around it. And that's where I could see maybe Ricardo going across the McLaren. But Ben, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts? I know you would love Lewis to be in Ferrari. But, um, but what do you think the chances are? Okay, let, let, let's deal with this one first. Um... The Lewis to Ferrari thing, um, I would love to see that that happen. I think that there was definitely a, um, we know that there were conversations that, that took place. And like any leading team, if a driver became available, then it is your duty to find out how much he wants paying, what sort of terms he wants to make sure, you know, the going rate for a, a six-time world champion. So I would um, still believe that those conversations will reignite. Um, I wrote that last night and I stand by that. I think Ferrari will go back to him and his advisor and say, look, just out of interest, our men's going now. Would you fancy? I mean, you know, it would be potentially one last hurrah. He would, um, in theory, if he was to win a world championship there, he would win world titles at three separate teams. He has the chance to um, move clear of all Michael Schumacher's records. It would put him in a class of one um you know there would be no doubt as to who would be the greatest all-time f1 driver so you know i think that there are many um elements to it that that lewis would have moving to ferrari um i would love to see it do i think it will happen probably about 50 percent. i think is the chances i'd give it at the moment because i'd like to leave it open but um no i think i think that you know they, they will have those discussions I think the other side of it that we also need to remember is that Lewis's future is very much dependent on Toto Wolff's future mm-hmm. at Mercedes. Um, he is also out of contract. Uh, looks like he's going to cash in his, his share issue. He's just done a private investment in Aston Martin. As we know, they're coming to F1 um, Well, through Lawrence Stroll, uh, or kind of already in F1, if you like, at Racing Point. So, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's looking at exiting Mercedes? Will Lewis be happy signing up for a new deal at Mercedes for two, three years, knowing that Toto's going, not going to be there? I think that is one of the bigger issues here in, in the actual jigsaw. What happens with Toto? Because what happens with Toto could influence Lewis's decision. Lewis often makes these decisions that we, you know, when he went to Mercedes in the first place. No one saw that coming. And I think that you could apply the same logic now to Ferrari, a decision. No one is really talking about Lewis going to Ferrari, but it could happen. He could see that as as a potential place to go to. If he loses Toto, he's already lost um, Nicky Lauda, obviously, tragically. You know, they're his two closest allies in racing. If he's got none of them there, then why would he stay? 
Lauren's thoughts. I do love a good twist, and that's that's a that's a nice one. That's a juicy one. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, that that, that potential uh, kind of reality. Yeah, no, who, who knows? Um, I, I I guess probably not. Um, I I think Wolf, as far as I'm aware, is staying at Mercedes. But it is a very strange time right now. You know, we're, we're in a situation where big companies are going to look at whether they're going to continue uh, with investments like. Formula One marketing exercises. Uh, Ferrari, I believe, 100% will stay in Formula One because uh, it would lose a big part of their identity if they if they left. But Mercedes, they they could they could up and leave if if, if they feel that it no longer makes sense. If they feel like they can't justify job cuts and stuff like that, if they need to make them uh, while still having a Formula One team, we've seen that all before with Honda, with Toyota, BMW uh, in the in the late 2000s. So uh, look, these things have happened in the past. As Ben said, Lewis shot the you know, world when he left McLaren, went to Mercedes, got a lot of flack for it, and it turned out to be the right thing. But I think uh, if things stay the same, if, if Mercedes stay in F1, if Wolf stays at Mercedes, I think Lewis will definitely think about Ferrari. But when you have the option of going to a team that uh, seems to be struggling, seems to be lacking a bit of direction... Very recently, we were involved in uh, a scandal around what they were doing with their engine that hasn't been properly resolved yet in the uh, in the eyes of many teams. You know, if I was Lewis and I was looking at it, I, I, I think, you know, to secure that seventh title, you're much better off staying at Mercedes. And, and that might be the final thing that, that decides it for me. The only thing I would, I would say to that, if I can just respond, is what better way to prove to all your doubters across the world by taking a team seemingly in such disarray and then turning them into world beaters as he kind of did with the help of Toto and Nicky and everyone else behind the scenes. But obviously he would be seen as a guy that is able to transform teams in the same way Schumacher did at Ferrari. If Lewis were able to do that, then, you know, that would speak volumes about his ability, not just in the car, but also to, to build a team around him. I think that that is another factor which obviously comes into this, you know, the fact that he could turn this team around and he may not see the bigger picture in the small cogs that go in behind the machine, but he may well believe that he is the driving force. He's the one that can pull everyone together and can get everything out of that struggling Italian team. That struggling Italian team. <laughs> Funny you should say it like that. And of course, we know. I, you know I love me. I love me turning in any discussion into a Lewis Hamilton discussion. But one of the things, I, I suppose, just hearing you guys talk about, you know, all of this potential and what Lewis could do and what we know he definitely can do and is fully capable of, this is the same kind of talk a lot of people had about Sebastian Vettel and at Ferrari as well. And as Lenny had just said, and as Ben, you even said so rightly, that, you know, he tried to be... I suppose like his idol Schumacher, he tried to to be this kind of person that we're talking about right now with Lewis Hamilton. So why was he just not able to do it? And why are we seeing this sort of ending with Ferrari that is really leaving a bad taste in all our mouths? Why was he not able to do it? What would you blame if you can even blame one thing? Question of the millennium, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think we can put it down to hard work. I don't think there's a driver... Um, in the paddock that works harder than, than Sebastian does. He's always last to leave um, all the debriefs. He writes astonishing amount of notes after every single session that he's in the car. Um, his feedback apparently is, is wonderful as well. So I think that he's working hard. Um, 
maybe he's not the one to blame for all this. Maybe that there is a, a structure um, within Ferrari which just keeps on seeing, you know, mistake after mistake after mistake. So often, you know, the, 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 there might be a person in the process who's responsible for, for making these errors. Um, you've got to say that there's, there's been quite a few of them, both operationally and, and, and mechanically. Um, I, I don't think he should be the full guy for this. I think he is unlucky. Uh, in the same way that Fernando Alonso was was unlucky um, at Ferrari before him. I think that there is a very deep-centred um, issue there. And I don't know if it's just a, a, a winning culture, winning mentality seems to have, seems to have been forgotten. And, and, and surely by seeing Red Bull dominate in the way that they had, and now Mercedes dominate in the way that they are doing now, that must have an effect in your, on your mindset as well. I mean, trying to stop that juggernaut of success and then failing year after year after year, it must it must do something psychologically to you, which Ferrari need to resolve. Lawrence, what do you think? What would you put it down to if you could even just put it down to a couple of things? Yeah, um, I think it wasn't really Seb's fault uh, early on, I would say, because if you look, he joined when Mattiacci was there, then Arriva Bene came in. And now we've got um, Benotto. And so there's been some big changes there. Uh, Sergio Marchioni died in 2018. You know, he was a big driving force behind trying to get the, t- the F1 team back on track. Um, but the big opportunities that Seb missed, and, you know, you can't deny it, uh, was in uh, 2017 to some extent. Uh, he had some reliability issues as well. But then 2018, you know, that was that was the year where he could have claimed. And I don't think we would be sat here talking about Sebastian Vettel leaving Ferrari. Had he won that championship that year, I think for his own personal uh, kind of mental perspective, it, it would have changed everything in the coming years. Uh, it would have given Leclerc a much harder job coming into the team. I think it would have given Ferrari a lot more faith in Vettel long term. He may have had a contract signed and sealed way earlier, you know, way in advance if that happened. So, yeah, I, I think for when Vettel looks back at it, 2018, uh, especially that accident at Germany, Hockenheim, midway through the season when he was leading the championship, threw away the lead of the race, he's going to look back at it. And that was probably the defining point of his uh, of his Ferrari career. Um, that's not to say Ferrari was a perfect team, uh, far from it. And uh, they were up against a very, very good team in Mercedes. But if he looks back, that was the one opportunity where he will probably think, you know, I, I, I blew it that time. And uh, like I said, if, if he hadn't done that, if he'd continued strong throughout that season, won the 2018 championship, I think he'd still be a Ferrari driver for another two, three years at least. And then I suppose that we could, you know, just to conclude and stuff now and just to get your final thoughts on this one as we, you know, expect to get a lot more details, hopefully, in the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, Sebastian Vettel is still a name that carries a lot of weight and you kind of sense that people are still waiting for that last hurrah of him. Now, where he will get that, uh, I suppose, is the biggest question. Um, you guys can let me know what you think. Or is this more pointing towards literally just ride off into the sunset, mic drop, call it quits and... You know, I don't know, become an analyst or something. <laughs> what do you guys think? There's, there's a quote from Mark Webber, which I had dug out earlier on today uh, in 2014, where he said, um, Sebastian likes to do everything early. He, he got all his championship wins early. Um, he's having a kid early. This was obviously in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he'll retire early and he'll probably have one blast in a Ferrari and then sayonara. That's actually his quote from, from back back then. And, You've got to say, crikey, you know, like he's nailed it there, to be honest. You know, he has done everything very early in his career. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire. I think that you know he could well do that. I don't think he would go into media. He wouldn't stay in F1. He's he's obviously very very private. We don't know too much about his family life. I can see him just going going away and, and never being seen again. You know, it's just one of those one of those things. He'll probably come back and watch every now and again, but probably pay and sit in the grandstands. Um, I just think it's um, a sad end. I would like to have seen him stay. Um, I think any driver that can sort of take the fight to the to the big guns, Lewis, um, obviously, you know, Max as well, and, and obviously Charles Leclerc, I think is good to have. Um, he was good for stories, good personality. Um, and I think we will miss him um, were he to leave F1. But um, I still don't think this is the end for him. I think that there is half the chance that, McLaren could be an option. I don't think Renault would necessarily float his boat, but I think someone like McLaren could could tempt him. Lawrence? Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of agree with Ben's first point that this, this kind of looks like it's going towards the end of his career. It's, it's, it would be such a big project to take on uh, a role at McLaren and try and so, you know, be a part of that team to go back. I think he would like to do that, but does he have the energy to do it? Does he want to take the time away from his family to do it? I'm not so sure. Obviously, a question only he can answer. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. And uh, I think, realistically, you know, any step he makes for next year is going to be a step back down the grid. You know, OK, what if Lewis went to Ferrari, would Mercedes take him on? Maybe, but then Mercedes have Ocon and Russell in reserve as well. So, maybe not. Um, so, yeah, I think any step he makes is going to be backwards. And then that's a long-term commitment to try and turn things around and, Sure, maybe he wanted that long-term commitment at Ferrari, but another team with no certainty, uh, no guarantee of getting back up on the podium for you know maybe two, three years. That's a lot to ask uh, of a guy who's clearly, uh, as he said in his statement, you know, kind of reflecting on, on what he wants from the future. So um, I'd, I'd love to see him stay. I, I do enjoy his press conferences. I think he's a good personality. Uh, he's one of the drivers. Uh, I've never done a one-to-one interview with. I always wanted to do one, so... Um, I really hope he does. Now's your um, time, Lawrence. Yeah, Now's your uh, time. Yeah, that's my pitch to Ferrari if they, if they want to give me some of his time. I don't know how much he'll be doing when when racing regimes anyway. I imagine not so much. But um, but yeah, it would be a real shame to see him go. But as things are stacking up, that's the way I see it. Because if you look at McLaren as well, that Seb going there pretty means science has gone to Ferrari. And then would McLaren take Ricardo over Vettel? I reckon they would. You know, Ricardo's a little bit younger. He's a bit feistier. He's um, kind of probably a little bit more target for their for their audience and, and what they want out of an F1 driver. So I think actually the the options for Seb will start to close a bit as well, and that that's sad to see for a four-time world champion. Yeah, something just doesn't sit right with me, and I know I'm not the pro like you guys, but thinking Sebastian Vettel and this could be the end of him just in Formula One period just doesn't seem right at all. I feel like there's still so much unfulfilled potential there that. It would be a shame if we are stripped of it, but we'll see. We'll see if we can look out for him in that grandstand, as as Ben says, because he is probably likely to do that indeed or just never go watch a race again. Who knows? But, gents, thank you so much, Ben. Thank you so very much for joining us on this one. Like I said, there's clearly still a lot more that we need to find out about this and talk about, and and hopefully we will touch base with everyone again soon as this you know story continues to develop and hopefully we get that much closer to an actual season and then these little bits of news, although this wasn't little won't get us as excited as they did this morning. 